Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. I'm going to be doing the intro. Welcome to the Crystal Payne Show. This is not Crystal Payne. I have Crystal Payne sitting across from me. This is your co-host, Jesse Payne, and I will be interviewing her boom, 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 because we're going to be talking about her book launch. So she's getting old hat at this, really. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. This feels a little uh, damn. I guess I could say that you don't know what I'm going to be asking you. I have no idea. So the tables are turned. (laughs) My, how the turns have tabled. So we are going to be talking about your new book launch that is coming up this week when we release this book. This is the release date is when we release the podcast. It's today. Today is the big day. The days we've been looking to for months and months and months. It's hard to believe. That it's coming to a close. I mean, it's just the the first chapter of the book, if we want to use that oh. analogy. But you know, it's it's the the, the what's coming to a close is all of the work mm-hmm. that goes into getting to this place of having the physical book in bookstores and in people's hands and available to purchase from Amazon and all that. So it's today, and I'm very very excited, and also a little bit tired. Um, but mostly just excited and honored to have the opportunity to share another message. And this Mm -hmm. one is one that I'm super passionate about. It's definitely a unique message when it comes to the books that you've written. Usually you've written about handling money. You've had some other time-centered books before, at least as far as making your life more organized. And that's kind of a part of that. But this is kind of a foray into a, a completely new topic when for an entire book for you. Well, and it was one that I really pushed back on writing. I had a lot of resistance to writing it just because I felt like there are so many other books on time management. Mm-hmm. My publisher really, really, really wanted this book. They'd been talking about it since we had talked about me signing a book contract. This was one that they wanted. And um, so it was just, it took, me some convincing to consider writing it. I actually write about that in the book. And yet, as I started writing, I realized, oh, this is a topic I'm very passionate about. In fact, my mom reminded me, I opened up the book talking about when I was 18 years old and I gave a speech at my high school graduation, not because I was the valedictorian, but because I was homeschooled. Um, So you can say I graduated at the top of the class and also, I guess, the bottom of the class because I was the only classmate. But um, I gave the speech and my heart for the speech and the topic of the speech was time is short. And I use that phrase multiple times in the speech. And to this day, multiple people mm-hmm. remember that speech. I rem- was there. Remember <laughs> that phrase. And and just to think back to realize that since the time I was young, I have had this perspective of you only get one life and mm-hmm. I want to use it well. And so to get the opportunity to share that message 
years down the road, but still with the same passion, but maybe with a little bit more experience, Mm -hmm. um, perspective, it's just a real honor. Did you learn anything new in writing this book? So it's interesting because I started writing the book thinking my life was going to look one way and it ended up looking very different by the time I was finished with this book. When we signed, I had already signed the three book contract, but basically you talk to the publisher, you decide on the topic, you flesh that topic out and they then sign off on it and give you a deadline. So once they had signed off on it and given me a deadline, um, I thought that it was going to be when David was going to be moving to another family's home mm-hmm. because he'd been with us for six months and there was another family who was planning to adopt him. And we were moving towards that. And so around the time when I was starting writing was kind of when we were going to be making that transition. So um, I thought that was going to be the case. So I thought, okay, then I will have more space in my life to be able to write this book because then we'll just have four children, the older three in Kirsten. And so that felt doable. Mm -hmm. And then very shortly after I said yes, and we had the deadline and I'd started writing, we found out that just a lot of things had changed in that situation. And I write about this in the book. Um, and that family just didn't feel like God was calling them to adopt. And so we had a short window of time when we needed to make a decision on, well, what does this mean? And what is this going to look like? And and just God, through a multitude of different things, and we've talked about this some on the podcast, really changed our hearts and opened up our hearts to the idea of adopting Him, because that wasn't even on the table up until then. And so... I was like, okay, I think that I can still have the space to be able to write this book. It's not going to look like I thought, but okay. Mm -hmm. And then four weeks later was feeling really weird and off and something was up and thought maybe it was early menopause um, and happened to find a pregnancy test that I forgot that I even had (laughs) up on the shelf and randomly took it just so that I could convince myself like something's not weird going on. And it immediately said pregnant. And I just had to laugh because I thought I'm already in the thick of writing this book. I don't really think I'm at a place where I could just kind of back out. I could maybe ask for an extension on the deadline, but that's kind of hard to do. And Mm -hmm. it changes a lot of things. And I remember thinking, I don't even know that I have time to write this book because now I'm going to just be barely surviving and in the middle of morning, noon, and night sickness. And then I just had to laugh because I thought the whole premise of this book is finding time for things that you're called to do that you want to do and how to create good systems Mm -hmm. and be intentional with your time so that you can have the space to do things like write a book. Um, That's not something that I give as an example in the book, but that's definitely something that could, you know, be uh, stirring in someone's heart. And so I was like, well, I guess I could become my own case study. Do these principles, do these systems, does this work? when you're in the middle of a very unexpected set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. And here's the interesting thing. They did. And I was actually skeptical, to be real honest. You know, I was thinking like, well, they would work 
in all these other situations, but not for me to actually write a book while I also have three teenagers, two toddlers, one who has significant disabilities, and then also uh, have morning, noon, and night sickness and be running a business full time. And God was so gracious. And I talk about the last chapter of the book ended up being the chapter I never expected to write. Um, and I share how I used the principles and the systems, the four-step system that I outline in the book to actually find the space and have the breathing room to write this book in the middle of all of that. And I actually turned in the book early. Do you think that it turned out differently than it would have if we hadn't had Micah in the middle of it? Well, definitely because just the whole arc of the book started with David and I didn't it started with David and ended with David and it, that was not the plan. And so the story was being rewritten while mm-hmm. I was writing the book because I was living it. And I feel like that's one of the things with the book that I feel like there are a lot of books on time management, but I think this is one of the few books on time management that was written so much in the trenches mm-hmm. that I rarely had more than five or 15 minutes time blocks to be able to write it. And I wrote much of it and edited much of it with two children on my lap. I mean, the edits were done soon after Micah was born. And Mm -hmm. so I have pictures where Kirsten's sitting on my lap and I'm nursing Micah and I have my laptop and I'm doing edits because you just made it work. And so I feel like, yes, the book definitely changed shape in the process of just living out the message of the book. And also, I think it gives it a lot more depth and a lot more uh, credibility mm-hmm. because it the message, I can tell you that it works. I think it's probably tighter too because you have a very limited time in which you can uh, write the book. So you'll be more concise and kind of and direct to the point, giving people a concrete example, like you said, of how to apply it. One of the things that I pushed for when we were talking about the book is to not have a word count. Usually when you sign a contract, you're going to have a word count. Typically, it's going to be somewhere between 55, 65,000 words. And I ask if I could just have a, I don't even know what I specifically said, but basically <laughs> I just wanted to be able to write until I was done. Yeah. And because I didn't want to have fluff, I didn't want to have filler words, I didn't want to just have to hit a word count, I wanted to write the book and see how many words it ended up being. It actually is about 55,000 words, but it was really nice to just write it and not have to know, oh, I have this word count I'm shooting for, I'm just going to write, and when it's done, it's done. And I wanted it to be concise. I wanted it to be, if it's a book about time, I want it to be something that you can read in a short amount of time, because I don't expect that people have a lot of time if they're picking up a sure. book like this. And um, actually, the audiobook, according to Amazon or Audible, it says it's four hours and 44 minutes. So I was actually really excited about that because I thought that feels very doable. Like you could listen to this audiobook even if you don't have a lot of time or you feel like you don't have time to invest in a book. And the other thing with the book that I pushed for was having it be broken up a lot. So if you pick up a copy and you flip through it, you'll notice that there are a lot of sidebars, there are a lot of boxes. I wanted it to feel like 
you could pick it up and you could just open it up and there's, oh, some real practical takeaways right there that maybe mm-hmm. you don't have time to read a full chapter, but you can just pick up those practical takeaways. Do you have any other tools that will help people kind of apply the principles that you talk about in that book? So there's a very robust um, appendix. And Jesse, you may have not even looked at the appendix yet because I know you heard some of the book mm-hmm. because I read it aloud to you. Um, but we really wanted it to be the kind of thing where it's not just words on a paper, words on a paper. It's not just words on a page, but that it's something you can take action on immediately. And so in the appendix, there are worksheets there. It's very hands-on. And then there's also resources. But one of my favorite sections of the appendix is I actually have a seven-week plan to walk you through how to actually implement this in your life. And so in addition to the worksheets, in addition to the resources, in addition to kind of the step-by-step help in the appendix, there's this plan. So you don't have to feel like, well, I don't even know how do I implement this book. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of stuff I want to, but it feels overwhelming. I didn't want you to feel like that. And so it's a step-by-step, do this on this week. And then if you feel ready to go to the next step, Here's your next step. And and so just very tangible, very hands-on, and very step-by-step. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, We also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. What was the most surprising aspect, both of writing the book and the aftermath of writing the book and how have you seen other people interact with the book? So it's always really weird to write words for a long time that are not really seen by anyone else and then to put them out to the world. So yes, it goes through a intensive editorial process. I also hired a woman to um, help me, Stacey Thacker. She looked at every chapter multiple times as I was in the writing process. And then my friend, Erin Port from Simple Purposeful Living, she looked at the very rough draft when it was all done and gave me lots of input. And then it goes through this editorial process where 
a lot of the book changed shape. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, David's story became a lot more um, a part of the arc of the book. I wrote the last chapter, the chapter I never expected to write, kind of sharing the story of what was going on while I was writing the book. And then also one of the things that we added in that wasn't there in the beginning was um, comparing time and money. Mm. And so because oh, of Money Saving Mom, because of just this is kind of the bread and butter of what I do. Um, my publisher thought that it would be a really great idea if I would weave that in. So you're going to hear a lot about time budgeting and things like um, giving a tenth of your time. And, you know, I don't exactly like say sure. it needs to be exactly 10%, but I talk about tithing and then how that perspective of starting with, it's all yours in the first place, God, um, and I'm going to then set aside this for you, talking about then also setting aside at the beginning of the day, starting our day with prayer and how that sets a foundation for trust in the Lord. And so I just go through and talk about how time and money are different for sure, but there's also a lot of similarities and a lot of ways that we can apply the ways to be intentional with our money to our time so that we'll also be a lot more intentional with our time. And I feel like this whole concept of budgeting Like if we budget our money, Jesse, I think you'd agree with me. We feel like we're not only a lot more intentional with our money, we're a lot more thoughtful with our spending, but also we feel like we have more money. Mm -hmm. There's just more to go around because it's not just slipping through our fingers like sand. Same thing in the book when I share about my hybrid planning system and how I use Google Calendar and how I do a time block to-do list, which I go into in depth in the book and give you lots of ways, you know, if you're like, well, I don't want to do that give you lots of ideas of how you can apply it in a way that might work for you. But it's the concept of having a budget for your time, pre-deciding how you're going to spend your time, pre-deciding the intentionality behind your priorities and how you're going to put that in place so that your time just doesn't slip through your fingers, so that Mm. you don't get to the end of the day and be like, well, I feel like I was super busy and I'm tired, but I have no idea what I actually did with my day. So how is that not a like a handcuffing yourself with with time? You know, some people look at a budget and they're like, I don't, I can't budget. I don't want to handcuff my spending habits, and that I want to be able to go do X, Y, and Z on a whim. So how is a time budget not the same except with your time? Well, and I think it's all in your perspective of you know maybe with money you don't even use the word budget. You know, mm-hmm. because maybe for you that just feels really stifling. But if you think of having categories for your spending, if you have categories that you allot money in, then when you go to the grocery store and you spend the money that's allotted in that category, you're not going to have to worry will I have money to pay my light bill? You can spend freely mm-hmm. because you've pre decided how you're going to spend. And I feel like you also are going to have more money to be able to save and to be able to give. And so the why behind the what, maybe you don't love that you're having these categories, if we're going to call it that, or, you know, let's just say you don't love having a budget, but you love what it does for you. And I think it can be the same thing with time. It's like how many people actually are like, I love exercising or I love eating healthfully. 
Okay, but they probably didn't start out like that. You're right. And so, yes, I can sit here and say, I love having a budget. I love having a budget for my time, the time block to-do list. But it didn't start out that way. I, I fell in love with the results. Right. I fell in love with the feeling, not with the actual action. And so I think it's the same thing of with your time, if you pre-decide how you're going to spend your time, you're more intentional, and then you're going to have more of it. You're going to have more breathing room. You're going to have more peace in your heart. You're going to prioritize better. You're going to be able to be fully present where you are. You're going to have more joy. You're going to have more mm-hmm. energy. And so maybe you don't love pre-deciding that, but you love the results of mm-hmm. it. When you were saying that about people liking to exercise, that's exactly right. When when people start to love exercise or working out because they get the dopamine hit afterwards and they feel better about themselves. That's why they like to exercise. And so I just want to encourage people. It's not about, oh, you have to follow my system to a T. I, I, you know, my publisher really wanted me to brain dump all of the details of my system. And for so long, people have asked me, tell me how you actually have a time block to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. what does it actually look like? How do you set it up? How do you follow through with it? And so there's the nitty gritty details, but the overarching message of the book is here are some systems that work really well for me. Here are a lot of ideas of how you can tweak these systems or just pick parts of these systems for it to work for you. But the ultimate goal is for you to have more joy, more breathing room, more peace, be more intentional with your time. And ultimately, like the subtitle says, be able to juggle a lot, enjoy your life and accomplish what matters most. And so my heart behind this book is to really help you to think long-term, to think of at the end of your life, I want you to look back and I want you to be fulfilled and not live with regret. I want you to look back and see that you lived a life that mattered, that you showed up for your life, that you didn't just run around in circles, but that you were intentional with your time. You were intentional. You got up every day and you showed up. And you kept doing that consistently over and over and over again. And so that then those little habits build on each other and they they turn into a life that is well-lived. And so that's really my heartbeat behind this book. I want you to love your life and I want you to be able to live it well. And so I am excited for you to get this book in your hands. I would love to hear your thoughts on the book. Like I said, you can order it from Amazon. It should be available at your local bookstore. See if your library has it. It's also available Baker Bookhouse, Christian Book, Book Depository. It's available as an ebook and also as um, an audio book. Your library might have it on their Libby app or their Hoopla app. If they don't, you can ask them to get it. But mostly I just want you to be able to get this book in your hands or in your earbuds And I hope that it encourages you to show up for your life, to live your life on purpose. And so, Jesse, I'm going to take the mic away now because I want to, that sounds kind of like a little bit (laughs) controlling, (laughs) but I want to read the little last part of the introduction. Last time on the podcast, I read part of the introduction and I didn't have the time. That sounds bad. (laughs) I wanted to respect people's time. And so I split it up and I'm going to read the last little bit and just encourage you. And hopefully this is, this will help you to get just a little taste 
of what the time-saving mom is all about. I hear from so many women who are overwhelmed and say things like, I don't have time to read my Bible and pray. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to read or listen to books. I don't have time to prioritize my health. I don't have time to invest in friendship. I don't have time to be creative or pursue my passions. I don't have time to get enough sleep. I don't have time to spend one-on-one time with my kids and or husband. I get it. I care about these same things. This book is for anyone who has ever felt like she just doesn't have enough time to do the things that matter most. It's a compilation of my best strategies and tried and true tactics for how I do all the things I do while also loving my life. It's not about hustling harder or being a productivity queen. It's about wrapping your time and energy and life around those things that really make a difference. It's about figuring out how to better order your life so you have time for those things you've always wished you had time for, like reading your Bible, praying, exercising, prioritizing your health, investing in friendships, getting enough sleep, and spending quality time with your loved ones. If you've ever said things like, I feel overwhelmed by all that I want and need to do, but I just don't know where to start. Or, I have too much going on in my life. There's just no way I can slow down and have more quality time with my family. Or, I wish I could get everything done that needs to be done without being stressed from the moment I wake up. Or, I always feel behind. Or, I need more discipline and routine in my life, but don't know where to start. Then you are the reason I wrote this book. I want to share with you the foundational principles I live by and the practical strategies I employ every day that allow me to juggle a lot, stay sane, enjoy my life, and intentionally spend the bulk of my time on things that will matter 25 years from now and at the end of my life. The year that I'm writing this manuscript, I celebrated my 40th birthday. I'm 41 now. Yes, it takes a long time to write a book and get it out to the world. That means I'm nearing or already at midlife by most people's standards. It's been 22 years since I stood on that stage feeling incredibly nervous, but also incredibly passionate about passing on the message that time is short. If anything, I believe that message even more now. It's time to stop spinning our wheels, chasing our tails, putting out fires all day long, and going to bed feeling exhausted and overwhelmed, only to get up and do it again the next day. It's time to start setting up systems, prioritizing our days, and changing our mindset so we can live each day as though it were our last. Because we only get one life. Time is short. It's time to start using it well. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 